Welcome back. Richard, it's good to see you this morning. Hey, man. Happy April. Yes. April 1st. I don't know why they call it April Fool's. There's probably some reason for that, but yeah. What it is. Yeah. yeah we, and this is not a podcast about April Fool's Day. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to try to trick anybody this morning. Right? No, not at all. But we are going to talk about um, one of our favorite, not favorite topics. One of the topics that we right. talk about a lot with with parents and but also with teachers and, and other people who work with with children we're going to talk a little bit about um consequences and punishment we, we did a series not long ago um right. that touched on this but you know um we, we keep we hear from people we, we see patients and this continues to be a recurring theme of, of something that we need to talk about that's right um it, you think you've had the last word or you think you've talked about it and we have discussed this stuff before but this is one of those issues that keeps coming up over and over and over again. And with each generation of parents, they they each generation has to learn, relearn or learn it themselves. Um, and we find in, in our clinical work that uh, punishment can often create more problems than it solves. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and, and that's typically the case. There's a lot of misinformation, a lot of misunderstanding of what punishment is and what it should do. And, um, you know, I think the most frequently used phrase is, well, you have to have consequences. I think that's the one that we hear most often is, well, you know, we have to have a consequence. Yeah, we, we don't disagree, but we have to be very careful with this notion of we have to have consequences. And that's sort of what we want to talk about today is what do you mean you have, what do you mean by consequences? Right. Yeah. So, so you know, and, and all of this starts when kids are, are very young. You know, you, you have that what we call the terrible twos and when, when all the, the temper tantrums and things like that start. And, mm-hmm. and that's when parents first start to get some of that resistance um, and, and, and dishonesty and some of those things from kids. But you also start to get some defiance at that point. You know, kids will once a child learns to say the word no, learns the power of the word no, usually because they've heard that word so many times. Right. Yeah. Um, Guess who used it first? Right. <laughs> and, exactly. and most often. Right. Right. So yeah. once a, and once a child uh, starts to wield the power of the word no, uh, they don't stop. And, right. and so, you know, parents have to um, deal with that, that um, obstacle, the, the defiance. And, you know, and especially there's times when they're going to experience the same behaviors over and over and over again. And, and the child continues to do the same behavior. And so it, it leads to a lot of frustration and stuff for parents. Right. You know, b- before uh, the, when, during pregnancy and infancy, you know, all you hear parents say, well, I just want the baby to be healthy. I just want my daughter to be healthy. That's all. I just want her to be healthy. <laughs> when, uh, but when the baby's born, then they start saying, well, I, I'm glad that she's healthy, but I also want it to be a, 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 a D1 athlete and a scholar. You know, I want her to be a Rhodes Scholar and go to the NBA. Um, and so this, things change, but what really changes things is when the kids hit the terrible twos or threes and they mm-hmm. use the word no. The word no frightens parents, but remember that the word no has no more meaning to a two-year-old than the word mommy or daddy. It, it's right. just a word that they hear and it gets a reaction. They've heard it from their parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, we taught them the word, you know, the, uh, uh, we teach them all the words. They hear all the words from us first. But you needn't be fr- any more frightened of the word no than you should be frightened of the word data. Kids use words. And when a word is responded to, they use it again. 
That's right. how we learned how to speak. And so this word no, they hear it from us. They learn how to use it. They use it with us, not because they're angry or defiant or disobedient, because it's another one of the words that they use. Um, and so you needn't be frightened by this word no. Your, your child's not turning into a delinquent. Right. Nothing bad is going to happen. It's not their road to um, degradation. Um, so don't don't be frightened by this word no. Know where it's coming from and stay calm and, and, and we'll be able to deal with it. But it's really not defiance. Right. And so, so we have these, you know, one of the things we want people to think about is that you have these sort of graduations of of right. inappropriate sin. behavior. Sin. Graduations of sin. Yeah. You have gradations of sin. You know, they're, they're in the Catholic Church, there are mortal sins and venial sins. Mortal sins are real bad. Venial sins are, yeah, you shouldn't do this, but no one's going to die. So you're right. We have gradations of misbehavior. Right. Right? I mean, yeah. some things you tolerate and some things mm. you say, no, I have to put a stop to this right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, you have those that are less, um, less tolerable and those that are a little bit more tolerable. And but our, our, our con- the consequences or the punishments or our reactions to those should be similarly um, variable. They, right. You, know, <laughs> I mean, you, don't, you don't pull the, the nuclear option um, over, you know, the first time the child says no, when you ask them to, to eat broccoli. Right. You don't. You have to apply consequences that are appropriate that that fit what's happening, right. and um, you know. You, so you have to have a, a toolbox full of different um, right. strategies. Right. When you, when you think in terms of the of misbehaviors that, and we've talked many times about misbehavior. When you talk about misbehavior, I think they divide into two classes. One are in one category. You have very big misbehaviors like biting and hitting and destroying, you know, breaking things and dangerous and destructive. Yeah. Any physical um, aggression, uh, destructive. So dangerous and destructive behaviors. Those are big things that you react to. There's another category of sins. And those are the things that those are things that kids do repeatedly, even when they're told, you know, I've to, you hear parents, I've told you a thousand times not to do that. So I think that, those are the, that's the other group of uh, misbehavior that gets our attention and that we want to react to and that we typically react to in sort of an aggressive way. You know, mm-hmm. I've told you a thousand times not to do that. And now I'm really going to come down on you. Okay, right. So those are the two times when we have to be careful. Big sins and repeated sins. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like you said, it's at those times that the parents really want to really throw it throw things down and, and really get to the child to, to make a meaningful um, impression on the child. And, and that's our, our go-to uh, response to that is what, what's called response cost. And, right. and it's the, it's sort of the, the great temptation of, you know, well, you've done something repeatedly or you've done this, you know, mortal sin and, now we have to do something to you. We have to take something away or we have to apply some type of consequence by taking away something that is very valuable to you. Um, right. you, you know, sometimes sometimes that or when we were kids, you know, that was opportunities to, to go outside or opportunities to be with our friends. And, you know, we were grounded. 
uh, we're on restrictions. Um, but but now it's other things. And the idea is that if you apply a, a strong enough consequence, if you take something away that's meaningful enough, the child will suffer and they will realize, oh, I shouldn't do that anymore. And the child will stop the behavior. That's right. Yeah. What you what you hear parents saying or or thinking, I think it's what parents are thinking is, well, I have to discipline my child in order to shape her into this person. Oh, I'm obligated as a parent. I feel that from teachers. I feel that from churches. I feel that from uh, from my family members. Uh, it's my obligation to discipline my child. So have, 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 I have to have consequences to get my child to do this. But the and the other part of that is you start to get frustrated with your child's behavior. Either, either you get shocked by dramatic behavior, like your child hits you or your child bites you or your child runs away, runs out of the house. So you get you're shocked by that or and, and shocked and angry. Or you're shocked and angry by the repeated misbehaviors. You know, that I've told you not to do this a thousand times. And when you get frustrated, when you get to the end of your rope, parents typically say, I've got to stop this and I've got to do something that that registers with this child so that she will never do this again. Right. And typically what that means is I'm going to inflict some enough pain, of emotional or physical, or that's what spanking is about, I'm going to inflict enough pain that you will never do this again, that you're going to you're going to hear what I'm saying. You're going to know that I'm angry and you're going to stop doing this once and for all. And when you take something from a child, uh, I'm going to take away and and I'm going to inflict pain by taking something. That's called response cost. You are going to pay. You're saying to your child, you are going to pay a very high price for this behavior. Right. And, And I'm going to show you. I'm going to demonstrate, I'm going to, you're going to pay, uh, it's going to cost you. Right. And that's what response cost is. Okay. Right. And parents reach for that thinking that if I inflict enough pain, I will get the result that I want. Right. Now there are, and parents will tell you, and, and I, I don't think that we will deny this, that there are times when it works. There are times yeah. when, when mm-hmm. um, response cost works. Mm-hmm. Now there are times when, a hot poker would work or at times mm-hmm. when a spanking would work mm-hmm. or times when lots of other things would work. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's appropriate. Yeah. Because- a taser, a taser would work. Right. You know, you do that again and I'll tase you. That that'd probably, that, that, that's not the issue. Right. It works. The, the real problem is that although it may work, it only works temporarily. Right. And, and I think that parents really have a hard time appreciating this because the the um, I'm, I'm sure that the shock I, I, I know that sometimes it's really difficult for me to 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 resist the um, some type of expression when they say, you know, I keep having to take her phone away because she just keeps doing it. Well, if the response cost, if the punishment or the consequence that you're applying that you're trying to apply to hurt them so much that they won't do the behavior again. And you're having to apply that consequence repeatedly. Right. Obviously that's not working. <laughs> so why don't we try something different? I don't, I don't, I should not laugh because all parents have been through that. I mean, yeah. all parents have said, Jesus, I'm, I've taken her phone a thousand. I've, I've, I've put them on restriction a hundred. All you're saying to yourself is this isn't working. Right. 
Okay. That's all you're saying. It's not working. So let's move everything to another place. Right. Yeah. We, we joked um, about a hot poker or a taser a few minutes ago. Well, even those consequences only work if the hot poker or the taser is there. If you and the taser are there, the threat of the punishment will work. But if you're not there, I can absolutely guarantee you what's going to happen. Right. Man. So so the, the, so there's so the first problem with response cost is that typically the effectiveness of it is only temporary. It, it right. doesn't last for very long. And parents find themselves having to use it again and again and again. The, the second problem is it's really only effective if everybody is okay with it, is there, if everybody is okay with, with what, what it means again, kind of going back to that extreme example of, of a taser, are you really okay using that extreme of a consequence? And and yes, hopefully there's no parents out there using a taser, but is there, are you really okay with taking away your, your kid's phone? That's really their, their only means of communication with friends. Their only connection with other people. And and again, if we're honest, their only connection with a lot of the things that they have to do at school because everything's moved to electronic and that's what they're using to research things and to look for things that they have to do for class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Parents, parents take, you know, that, that idea that you have to come up with something that everybody can live with today. Parents are, I'll take her iPad. Well, in some schools, your school is an iPad. I mean, you can't function without it. And I can tell you that if a child, a typical teenager, preteen teenager has an iPad, they're going to find ways around all the restrictions. One way or the other, they'll find a way. Right. Well, and and so what parents do in response to that is, okay, I will give it to you while you go, when you go to school. That way you can get in touch with me if you need to. Uh, You have access, you have, you can use it for class and stuff. But when you come home, then I'm going to take it. Uh, okay, but they're so, so they're still going to be using it throughout the day um, mm-hmm. for for all these things, and it, it's like a New Year's resolution, right? Um, the first time the kid comes home and doesn't hand it over immediately, the parent, you know, will, will kind of get at them a little bit, but slowly over a couple of days, the parent stops asking for it, right? And so now the consequence has gone away, really nothing is going, nothing is happening. And then we're just in the same spot where things are going to become frustrating for the parents again. Right. And when we talk about only if you can all live with it, um, there are many times when you say to a child, um, you'll, you'll have a child and you'll say, okay, honey, you know, you, you broke the rule. So um, I have to, you know, you can't go out on Saturday night because you violated this, whatever it was. And the child's like, yeah, that's fair. I did broke the rule. So that seems fair. And I'll accept that. Okay. Other kids will say that's not fair. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get into a power struggle. You're going to get into a battle that's going to end badly because now you're introducing adversity. You're, you're creating an adversarial relationship. So be careful that be careful. Know the child that you're punishing. Some kids can tolerate it right. and some kids can't. And you have to know the child you're working with because if a child sees it just as pain, just, just you're just inflicting pain on me and there's no point except to punish, you're probably going to get some resistance and you're going to create an adversary relationship. 
Whereas if you have a reasonable consequence that makes sense to the child, mm-hmm. you know, what makes sense to an eight-year-old, what makes sense to a 15-year-old, yeah. if it makes sense, they're going to do it. They're going to comply. I, I just had this conversation with a with a teenager last week mm-hmm. where, you know, the, the parents, she wasn't, her grades aren't where they need to be. And, um, and she acknowledges right. that, but parents, of course, immediately go to take her phone. Right. And she says, I don't know what they think they're accomplishing. Right. My phone has nothing to do with why I'm not making what why my grades are poor. And, right. and so it makes the child, the teenager in that case, and, and oftentimes by the time by the time you get to teenage years, this is when it starts. Um, where it's just like, okay, take it. I, I don't want you to take it, but but take it. It's not going to change anything. Right. And if, if the child doesn't, doesn't change, and if the girl doesn't care about her grades, uh, the parents no. care about her grades. If the girl doesn't care about getting A's. It doesn't matter what you take. Right. It doesn't matter what you do because the goal, getting all A's, means absolutely nothing to her. Right. And you can do whatever you want. It's not going to change anything. Right. So so when you talk about response cost, mm-hmm. you know, yes, it may work. Yes, it may only work temporarily. Again, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you have a hard time living with it, perhaps. And the cost is oftentimes a damage to the relationship, damage to the parent. In child relationship, and right. you know, we're not saying that parents and kids need to be friends. That we're not saying that you need to, you know, cross over that that relationship to to something other than parent child. Mm-hmm. However, it, it's not. You don't want it to turn adversarial. You don't right. want it to turn us against them because, right. well, that doesn't that just doesn't work in families. Doesn't work in politics. Doesn't work in anything. No, um, the us versus them mentality isn't effective. And so you have to be able to work together. Yeah, none, none of this is going to work if you don't have a trusting relationship with your child. And I don't care whether you're a teacher or a prison warden or a parent, a grandparent. If you don't have a a good relationship, and by good, I mean mutual trust, mutual respect. If you don't have that, the rest of this is probably not going to work very well. Right. So you don't, and so you don't want to do anything to damage that relationship. Right. And so response cost, when, when you say you're going to pay a price for this, it carries the possibility of create, of damaging the relationship. That's, that's what we worry about. Don't damage the relationship. Okay. Right. So, so when you think about the sort of the perils of response cost, you know, it creates that you're at risk for creating that adversarial relationship. And, right. and mm-hmm. I have a difficult time thinking of examples, just anecdotal clinical examples, where it doesn't, when, when that strategy is used repeatedly, where it doesn't turn into an adversarial relationship. It, it almost always does. Right. Um, but you also have to be mindful that, you know, the things that you're taking away, you know, that at some point that could potentially be used against you as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, when when you, you take your child's phone, Okay, well, are you going to keep them at home all the time? You know, your your teenage daughter wants to go, um, you know, she doesn't have her phone, but she's not on restriction, so she can go stay with her friends. She can go spend time with her friends. Well, now you can't find figure out where she is because she doesn't have her phone. Right. She can't mm-hmm. call you if she needs your help. Right. So, okay, so now are you going to give her her phone when she's going out with her friends? Or are you going to keep that? Or not only is, is she on restrictions from her phone, is her phone taken away, but now she can't go out with her friends either. Right. And um, she's going to get left behind. Yeah. 
you know, because they're all communicating with each other via telephones, via their cell phones. And so she's going to be left out of that. So she's paying a second price. Um, and that matters to them. It may not matter to us. It, we may feel, well, then you you should do what I tell you to do. Right. It's not going to matter as much to them as it does to us. Okay. So be careful when you take your phone, because when you take that phone, you're taking something that's so valuable that you're probably going to get a type of resistance that you don't want to have to deal with. Right. Okay. So it just isn't worth it. It's so, it's so difficult, but if you're going to take the phone, take it for an hour. Okay. Yeah. Just, just remove it until the storm passes and then give it back to her. Okay. Don't right. take it for a day or a week or parents will, I'll take your phone for a month. Yeah. I can tell you that's not going to change anything. Right. That What it's going to change. It's going to change your relationship. Right. And, and what parents will say is I, I can see a difference. I can see a change in her, you know, within a day or so of taking it, I can see a change in her. Yeah. Okay. But what happened the last time you saw the change, then you gave it back because let's be honest. It's easier for us if kids have them. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, but the other thing is there are other things that parents take away as well. And and, and to be honest, I'm a little bit torn when it comes to some other things. Like um, sometimes parents will say, well, if you're not doing well in school, uh, you can't play football anymore. Right. Can't play soccer anymore. Well, okay, I, I get that. And maybe the argument is that, well, you're not doing homework and stuff because you're at practice. And so we're going to take soccer away so that you can spend that time doing homework. Okay. But now what you're teaching them is that an obligation, a commitment that they've made. Right. Now you're taking that away because they're not meeting another commitment. Right. Okay. That lesson is sometimes very murky. Right. Um, and it, again, just looks like, well, you're not just punishing the child. You're punishing this team that maybe relies on on him or her. And now you're punishing other people as well. Right. And you tell your child, no, you have to make a commitment to the team. So you have to do it all season. Right. Unless I change the rule and yank right. you out because you're not getting good grades. If you see the you see the contradiction there. Okay. Right. You're trying to teach one lesson, but then you undo the thing at the child's expense. Now you have an adversarial relationship. Right. The other thing you don't want to do is you don't want to use consequent, you don't want to take things away that you really want your child to do. Right. Most parents will say, I really want my child to go to prom. You know, it's one of those mm -hmm. rites of passage that when they're juniors and seniors, I want him to have that experience. Well, then you can't use prom as a consequence right? because you really don't want to do that. And typically what happens is the parents will threaten to use the prom and at the last minute they'll give in and they'll say, oh, okay, well, you can go and right. you've undone the consequence. Now, now, now it's not going to work. You don't use sports. You don't use proms. You don't use things that you really want your child to do and that your child will probably benefit from. Right. So don't take that stuff. All right. Okay. Um, and don't don't take something that's going to inconvenience you. Right. You know, like, like you said, the phone, you know, what if you take their phone, then you're inconvenient. Parents say, well, you can't now you can't drive for a month. Okay. Well, now, now that obligates the parents. Okay? Right. And, and what uh, and what parents will say in, invariably is, well, if they can't go, if they can't drive, then that means that they can't do those things. 
all right, so now the punishment isn't just that you can't have the car. The punishment is that you can't see your friends, that you can't go to practice, that you can't go do this and that you can't do. Right. Now that is a much bigger consequence. Yeah. And again, a consequence, those are consequences that have nothing to do with what you're trying to teach, right? what that's you're trying right. to get your child to understand. And so you, you can't, and again, that's where it turns into a, a power struggle that that invariably the parent's going to lose. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. as you said, you know, the example with prom and, and sports and stuff is we want our kids to do some of these things. Right. We, right. we don't we don't let our kids join a, a, a sports team or we don't let our kids do some of these things just because they want to. We, we do it because we want them to do those things. That's right. It's being on a sports team or a gymnastic or any any band, whatever activity it is. That's not a privilege. That's part of child development. That's it's right. part of what you want your kid. You want them to be a member of a team, to learn how to sacrifice, to learn how to manage their schedule. Being on a team of any type, whether it's Boy Scouts or sports or whatever it is, teaches responsibility. Right. It teaches them how to handle um, multiple obligations. Right. That, that's a good thing. You want that to happen. So don't don't use it. It's like telling your child, well, you can't go to school today because, you know, you you broke curfew. Right. You know, same with the sports team. It's right. not a privilege. It's, right. part of, it's an important part of child development. Yeah. And, and lastly, you don't want to take something that you can't monitor all day, every day. You know, right. if 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 you, you can't monitor if you're in a situation where you're trying to take something away, but you know, the, the kid can do it. Um, like uh, taking away parents, I have a hard time with this. Sometimes parents sometimes will work to take away social media. And so they will say, okay, well, no, you can't be on Instagram or you can't be on this app or that app. Fair enough. Um, I, I get that. But if you don't work with your kid so that your kid really understands why, and you don't have that relationship with your kid, Right. They're going to go on their friend's phone and they're going to log in with their friend's phone and <laughs> still are going to access those those apps. Right. Or they're going to log in on a computer and they're still going to access those apps. So right. you have to have that. That, that relationship is so important right. um, because if you want it to be effective, if, if there really is a purpose for them being not to have access to something, mm-hmm. then they have to understand that. And that's only through that communication, that relationship. That's right. Uh, parents will say, well, um, my child's not getting up in the morning. I can't get her out of bed in the morning. Well, that's because she's staying up too late at night. If, child, if children sleep sufficiently, they're going to get up in the morning. If they can't get up, they're staying up late. Why do they stay up late? They're on their devices. Well, we take all the devices and we put them on the chargers in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So what happens? The kid gets up in the middle of the night, goes and gets the device and plays video games for three or four hours and they can't get up in the morning. If you're going to deprive children, you're going to have to buy a safe that nobody can get into. Okay. Right. You're going to have to lock them in a safe, whether it's credit cards, money, devices, you are going to have to lock them in a safe mm-hmm. or you're not going to be, if you're going to sleep, you got to lock them somewhere where they can't get access to them. Okay. Right. Uh, if they're out somewhere else, they're going to get up in the middle of the night and they're going to do that. Right. So we get that there has to be consequences. Um, there's nothing that says that the consequences have to be painful. They just have to be, they have to be meaningful. I think that's the most important thing. Yes, we have to have consequences. Yes, Dr. Bernie and I believe in consequences. But consequences don't have to be painful. They right. have to be effective. Right. They don't have to be painful. Right. And there's lots of other strategies. There's lots of other things that you can do that are that can be effective, that can help change behavior, 
um, that aren't necessarily painful. Collaborative problem solving is, an, is right. something that we've talked about many times where you sit and you talk with your child, your kid, right. your teenager, or whoever it is, and you problem solve through what's happening and, and you mm-hmm. find a solution that's mutually a- agreeable. Right, right. And if you can change, <laughs> it took me four kids to learn this. If I can make a change that gets me the result that I want, Mm-hmm. I don't need to bring the, my kid into it at all. Right. But all I want is for this behavior to change. Okay. Right. If I can get the behavior to change by making a change in what I'm doing, mm-hmm. I, I get the result that I want. I don't have to inflict pain on my child in order to change a behavior. Right. Yeah, so, so, you know, you, you might be able to do, when you think about consequences, first of all, think about what you might do. Mm-hmm that doesn't involve the child at all, that still gets you the result that you're looking for. Absolutely. So so we would strongly encourage folks to to resist that temptation of of going towards response cost in in the future when you're you're working with your child and trying to change behavior. Um, And just just remember the one point, if if nothing else, just remember the one point that if if the consequence that you're applying, if the thing that you're taking away isn't the cause of the problem, or you're having to take it away multiple times because of the same thing, that strategy is not working. And let's just try something different. Yeah. If you find yourself doing it over and over and over again, we need to talk about some new strategies. Okay. Because, and and, and all that we're saying is, you know, you don't hit a home run every time. You're not going to get it right every time when you're working with children or or adults. Um, You can apply all the same stuff to, to other relationships, not just children. Um, you're not going to get it right every time. It's it's organic, it's dynamic, and you have to, you know, you try different things and and many of them won't work. So just keep, you know, just keep changing. Be willing to change. Don't say, you know, we used to, with spanking, they would say, well, I guess I have to hit them harder or I have to hit them yeah. more. Well, spanking doesn't work. doesn't matter how often you do it. Uh, absolutely. So, all right. Well, that is it for today. Until next time. Stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.